the show of everything, Top Fives, presented by The Sex Effects. I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And folks, um, we, we may, we may not experience technical difficulties tonight, but if we do, we have a combat rocking good fucking time for you this evening, okay? So just bear with us, um, but before we get to the tef- technical difficulties and the difficulties speaking, apparently, uh, Jonathan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Just, uh, yeah, just getting uh, started with the week, man. It's freaking Monday. Um, yeah, excited for just some combat rock, some clash discussion, some random top fives for today. We have we have continuing this uh, new format of uh, picking out little jars or out of little yeah. bowls, random topics. Um, but yeah, the so far the weekend was pretty chill. Um, yeah, just uh, I went to like a friends, uh, a couple of friends of mine. They played, performed at a show this weekend. Nice. Went to a, went to a Harry Potter theme party. Oh, my coworker. Okay. That was very interesting. Um, yeah, man, it's <laughs> like a whole bunch of stuff. E three last weekend or last week, which was pretty cool too. You've um, been a busy little boy. Yeah, E three was fun, dude. I had a good time. Yeah. Super, super happy to get a chance to just go there and. I'm not a big gamer as I used to be, but, um, yeah, it was just super cool to kind of see, you know, gaming culture and, you know, kind of the new, new technology and new releases coming out. So, um, right on. yeah, dude, we got to play some doom eternal as well, which was pretty oh. chill. Yeah. Like the new doom game was, uh, that they're coming out with, which is like pretty much just shoot like a total shoot 'em up. Um, cause that's what doom is known for. Just yeah, yeah. so many different types of guns and killing demons and shit. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, dude, just kind of chilling and excited to podcast. Right Chill on, man. Beginning. How are you this week, dude? Good, man. Uh, we had Father's Day on Sunday, so happy Father's Day to our fathers and all of the uh, fathers out there. All the daddies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was in the city. Um, I went up early Saturday. And me and my brother, I went with him and uh, he got a TV, which was fun. That was fun going to Best Buy and, help, you know, be like, yeah, I don't know, man. The Sony, the Samsung, you know, that was fun. Um, <laughs> and then uh, let's see what else. Well, I mean, what did we do? Grocery shopped with my parents. That was that was quite mundane. Um, but no, we, we, made, uh, we made meatballs. Uh, oh, nice. Mostly my mom, my brother, and then I helped near the end. Um, but that was fun. They were calling them Giuseppe's balls. And, Giuseppe's. Uh, yeah. Uh, my mom <laughs> bought fresh bread from uh, Columbo's and Pacifica and fresh provolone. <clears throat> I've never seen cheese wrapped in paper like meat from a deli. That was just the fucking most delicious thing I've ever seen in my life. Fresh. And, um, yeah, we had these amazing uh, meatball sandwiches um, Saturday night. And then Sunday, of course, was Father's Day, and I got to see uh, that whole side of the family, the the Czechies. Um so it was great. It was wonderful. Um, took the one all the way back to Monterey. Had a nice little drive yesterday. Um, nice. Yeah. So it was cool, man. How about little. you? Or no, we've already we've already touched on you. <laughs> Never mind. It's reflexive. It's just like all right. Yeah, man. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, back to work. Excited to be podcasting. And um, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Right on. Um, I'm trying to think of anything like in the news, but I, I just kind of have had my head down at where I haven't really kind of popped up to see what's 
what's yeah. going on in the world of entertainment. Um, and I'm kind sure the there's same. stuff. There's always stuff, but um, yeah, the, I think the, same, the big dude. thing is is that I I I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I haven't really. Um, X Men I mean, bombed. Man, Men in Black bombed. Yeah, a lot um, of bombs this summer, man. Yeah, although Toy Story four, the reviews are looking very strong. Yeah, that's actually I think one of the summer movies I think I'm gonna go, you know, go see and yeah, I I liked how they left it on the third movie. Yeah, um, we do not need this one, you know. So you know, I, I hope they can pull some of those strings on me this you know this time around you know as far as there was some Your voice very string? voice string there's a voice string. snake in my boot a voice string but my strings of emotion I guess is uh, uh, the hot strings the, the hot string well the like the third film was like um, you know there's a lot of you know really you know moments that tie so close to the to the characters and you know the of course these toys and the relationships to each other and well not to mention Andy was kind of our age when we first saw the movie and then exactly, he was, yeah. we were that age when he was that age. It was crazy, you know? Um, yeah. So it, 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 you know, I'm curious to see it. Are they going to kind of give us some of those moments in this fourth one? You know, it will, it have the same kind of emotion and effect on the audience. And so, you know, that, that's what I'm curious about. I'm still trying to go into it. Just kind of open, you know, open yeah. into it, but uh, I actually haven't really, I've only seen like the one teaser trailer i think for it i don't think yeah i haven't seen a lot much of, of it so uh yeah we'll have which to is see. good yeah I, i'm i'm super stoked for it and then i think the only other movie uh spider-man far from home i think is probably the other movie i'm gonna go see this summer yeah i'll see it i'm not i'm not stoked on it at all like i look at everything from it i'm just like nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> that's it's I yeah know. man i like you know i'm totally feeling the superhero fatigue at the moment yeah uh, but you know so have to see see what kind of movies entertain us and uh i've been kind of diving more into television shows lately especially after game of thrones ended so i'm just kind of kind of catching up on some shows i uh, uh i've been watching uh doctor who um, who doctor who ah, who? ah. um which is all on, I think most of the series is on Amazon Prime right now. So, um, yeah, it's super easy to kind of just get into because it's just super available. Um, nice. But, yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, can't think of anything else than, like, the kind of pop culture yeah. realm. Slow week. So, slow week, yes. But, you know what? Sure. We'll take it. We'll fucking take it. <laughs> um, Shawnee, should we, in that case, should we get to su- some Zoom? lists my list. yes let's get to some lists it's been a long one day man <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it's all good it's all would good. you like me to pick first or you to pick first oh uh, shit um yeah, i'll pick first some of that some of that all right all right um i'm gonna dive into my little pile here i gotta keep adding to this pile because it's i know i gotta keep it's starting to get slow lower i hope i oh this one okay Diving, he's picking. I'm trying. He to. is eh. spreading. Okay, here we go. I don't know if we've done. See, I put this one down. I feel like we've done this one before. That's pizza. Okay. Pizza joints. Like, what are your favorite pizza, pizza joints? P- uh, pizza parlors, pizza places. Right. Uh, on. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. Okay. So off the top of my head, Totos. Um, yeah. They're now in San Bruno. Um, but when I was growing up, they were where, you know, where Bart is um, in Daly City. Yeah. But the kind of closer to where um, I guess those restaurants are now, um, the parking lot closer to Bart. So on your oh. way to, you know, the theater is there and then put them to the left, you know, closer to John Daly Boulevard is yeah. the, that string of restaurants. So Toto's was like over there and there was like nothing else over there. <laughs> um, but they didn't stay there. You know, uh, they were there years, but. They moved when I was really young, uh, but I'll still drive all the way over to San Bruno and fucking pick up a pizza pie because yeah. it is that fucking good. Um, when I think of pizza, I think of Toto's like their cheese yeah. pizza is unrivaled. Fight me, you motherfuckers. Like, that's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Um, number two, I'll put Golden Boy. Golden Boy uh, pizza in North Beach with the finger. The finger. Yeah. Pizza by the sheet. Um, it's amazing. Um, I hadn't had them in a while and then me and my brother spent a day drinking down there and we waited in line for Golden Boy. It was some of the most amazing pizza I've had in a very long time. So, uh, quite good. Quite good. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go tricycle, tricycle pizza for number three. Um, this is a Monterey joint. Um, they had a place, across from the Carl's Jr. on Lighthouse. Uh, but they didn't. They decided not to renew their lease because they're doing such good business. They're going delivery only. Um, uh, okay. They don't deliver out to Marina. So I can't oh, have them delivered here. But I got a hold of them. I was like, look, I love Tricycle. Like, what can I do? And they're like, here's the number for VIP customers. You can come pick it up at our location or where they make the pies or whatever. So I'm Yo, very excited. that's super cool. Yeah. So... Thank you, Tricycle. I love you, Tricycle. Everyone should eat Tricycle pizza. Um, hmm. Now I'm I'm a, at a bit of a loss, my friend. Um, I'm gonna. You know what? All right, fuck it. I'm gonna go Blaze Pizza. Blaze. Um, I really like Blaze Pizza. It's it's damn good. It's easy to order and shit, and I fucking do it on the app, so I can just go in the store and yeah. pick it up and not have to deal with any of the people waiting in line because I hate all of those people. And, um, yeah, but that's kind of, that's, oh, and how am I forgetting my love affair with Domino's? Domino's Domino's. Pizza Man. Um, I think, you know, my love of Domino's goes back to when we were on that mission trip, that first one in El Paso, Texas, and we were painting this old woman's house and she had like no money, but she bought us fucking Domino's pizza and like liters of fucking Pepsi. And, um. Best pizza. It was so good. You know, we've been working all day in that fucking heat. It was amazing. That's right. So, um, yeah, whenever I have Domino's, I think of that, and it always tastes good. So, yeah. I like the garlic, uh, was it the garlic kind of crust, the uh, crusting? Sort of. It's, yeah. it's like the, the like powder or something, like on the crust. It's, yeah, they like, they like the brush it over the crust yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's called like the Garlic brushed. Cr- yeah, garlic brushed. Yeah, the little, like, mm. I could see the commercial with, like, the little brush. Um, yeah, pizza joints are tough because it's, like, you have, like, your kind of, you know, kind of staple pizza places that do delivery. But then there's also, like, places like Tricycle where it's, like, a very, you know, kind of smaller um, 
business, but they just deliver great pizza and good quality pizza. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, I I feel like our lists are going to be similar because we, I feel like we're kind of best of both worlds. Like we love kind of like looking at places like that. And, um, so yeah, pizza, dude, I've been on a pizza binge. So it's like, (laughs) that's kind of the thing. Like just how you can have pizza at any temperature, you can have pizza at any quality. You know, like, yeah, 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 man, I'm going to fucking eat this cardboard shit. But yeah, I'm going to fucking eat it because it's fucking pizza, man. It's pizza, you know? dude. Ooh, <laughs> one spot I forgot. I don't know what I would knock off. I'm going to I'm going to knock off Blaze. OK. And put the Catalyst. I've never seen a show at the Catalyst, but I've bought pizza from the Catalyst many a time. Ah. Many a time. Ooh. It's damn good. It's that nice, greasy fucking. Yeah, oh, man. Pizzas come in all like sorts blondies. of shapes. You remember and size. blondies? Yeah. Oh shit! Wow, that's a throwback right there. <laughs> that is a fucking throwback. Blondies. I'm curious to hear your top five though. Top oh, five favorite pizza. Kind of similar. Kind of similar. Um, man. Uh, man, it's kind of. I'm trying to think of my order, but. I don't know. I still really love Golden Boys. Golden Boys Pizza, man. Like it's it's amazing, man. It's so good. And, you know, again, um, kind of similar to, like, like kind of attaching a memory to Domino's. Like, I think, you know, Golden Boy reminds me of the city and, you know, North Beach. And, you know, you you introduced me to Golden Boy's Pizza. So it's like, I you know, reminds me of you and, like, your family. And, um, yeah, there's just so many things attached to it. Like, maybe it's... Yeah, great ties to it. Yeah, to the city and just that, you know, the Bay Area and stuff. So, um... Yeah, and the pizza's so fucking good. It's, and it's all, squ- you know, the square pizzas. Square and... on the on the white and oh, red checkered God. paper. You're just like, fuck, the melted and then, cheese. Oh, it's so good, dude. And, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. we used to get, like, the sheets of uh, Golden Boy pizza, dude. And just, like, oh man, finish that in a night or something. <laughs> like, oh, we had, yeah, yeah. We had that lots and Cracker Brittle. Yes. Jesus Christ. But I mean, we didn't even talk about how cool it is inside, you know, with all the stickers everywhere and shit. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a place like, you know, it has character. It has character. You want to, you want to sit in there and dine in and, and kind of get, you know, just, just, yeah, just enjoy your pizza right there. And, um, I always remember the, the like window and they always have like the fresh sheets a pizza kind of like chilling there. It's it's kind of like donut shops where sometimes they have the donuts. Yeah, like, fuck, they have their pizza up front, and it always like you could smell it immediately from the door, yeah. and you could totally you know obviously see um, how delicious it is. So yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like that's be- still my number one. Like, like I'm, you know, I, I maybe it's also I just don't have it as often too. So it's you know it's definitely uh, something that you know I love to come, come when I come back to see if I have a chance to you know, um, have some golden boy pizza. So yeah. Right on. Pizza. Uh, I've been eating a lot of blaze. So number two, blaze pizza. Uh, I always do this. I always, sometimes I get like, I used to usually get like the barbecue chicken, like pizza. And, um, and then I always add some stuff after. So I always end up getting like a sick, just a custom customized pizza anyways there. And that's what I I like about some of those, like those kind of pizza places like blaze, like you can go in there, um, you can add whatever toppings and flavors and then get it fresh out the oven right there and then, and have some, you know, pretty decent pizza. And I'm not really super down with like thin crust pizza as much, but they do like a pretty decent, like they do thin crust, I guess. Maybe it's because it just comes out like the oven that certain way. And it's kind of, the crust is a little burnt a little bit, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, Blaze Pizza for number two. I like it. Uh, number three. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting stumped on here, man. Too. Um, man, we're gonna have like the same list, <laughs> different orders though. But that's okay. Um, that's okay. I vouch for Domino's. I'm a, I'm yeah, a Domino's kid. Yeah. It does remind me of that trip we made uh, to El Paso and getting that as a kind of a little gift from the people who are helping out. And um, they've always been, for me, the, as far as customer service-wise and just delivery-wise, they've always been, like, pretty on it. Yeah, So I, I admire them for just, like, that customer service, too. And, um, yeah, the pizza, it's that garlic crust thing, the little, like, powder stuff mm. they put on the crust. Like, every, you know, like... Before, I used to not like crust, but, like, there are times where if they do the crust right, like, you just want to eat the whole thing, and you get that last, like, especially with the bites of crust, you get that last kind of bit of, like, the mm. taste of the powder. You were powder. one of those psychopaths who don't, who leave the best <laughs> part of the fucking pizza? <laughs> depends, depends. Jesus Christ. Because you know what happens, if, especially if you have a real saucy pizza? Yeah. You fucking, you're left with your crust, and then you scoop. You scoop crust. You dip and you scoop. Dude, and, oh I know, man. <laughs> and that's how probably all those, like, things from Domino's, like the breadsticks and, you know, whatever happened. Like, it's like, oh, this is like the crust, but we just dip it in, like, cheese and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I always like Domino's for that. Like, you're, you're again, you're right. Like, no matter if it's, like, kind of a, a family-owned thing or if it's kind of, you know, a fast food you know, type of thing, like, you know, pizza's pizza, man. It's, you know, yeah. as long as as long as it's like not undercooked, then like there, you're yeah, there could even be an then. issue. But even then, dude. So even then, I've done it. I've <laughs> undercooked my DiGiorno's and I've still fucking eaten it because oh, poor man. and I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> okay, because it's, it's pizza. So I'm gonna mention on this list a place that's not open, um, but we've both had their pizza. And one of their signature pizzas called the Mom Michelle. Oh my god! Was a favorite oh my god, of ours. For, why did I? Okay, I'm trying to look remember because it was my old age. Two names for the restaurant. Yes, there was. Um, Originally, it was. Oh god. Crochies. Crochies, and then it became. Oh my god. Fucking Bellagio. Bellagio's. Bellagio. Bellagio. Yeah. It was on. Oh god, I'm already forgetting. It wasn't on. It, it wasn't was, on Alvarado. It was somewhere. It was just off of Alvarado. Um, just, I forget yeah, what just the street it. is parallel to it. In, down in at the Monterey. End. It's so, um, for those of you who live in Monterey. If any of the imaginary audience does, it's where Turn Twelve is now. Oh, okay. So that's oh wow. Um, yeah, Bellagio Pizza slash. Cro- cro- <laughs> I can't even say it. Crochies. Crochies. Uh, one. They're. Before they changed their name and I think went under new management, uh, they had this pizza called the Mom Michelle, and it was it was like pasta on pizza. It was like a pasta it was pizza. So good, man! It was bacon. There were three types of cheese. Oh, it was so. F- and, and you would think like, yo, this could this couldn't work as is like is this too? I mean, I must admit it was a lot for a pizza, but like, it was the best combination to put yeah. like as far as a pizza ingredient. And, you know, I love, like, kind of, you know, pasta and, and, you know, obviously cheese. And I don't know. It just fits so well with that pizza. And they just did it, like, they did it at the point where, like, um, I'm trying to remember, where, like, when it came out, it would, 
the cheese would obviously melt and kind of like sol- kind of solidify a little bit of the yeah. pasta. So it would like it held everything not, in place, held everything in place. It wasn't like super messy pizza. So it was very enjoyable. And man, I, I feel like we, once we found out that was on their menu, that's like all we ordered all the time. So yeah, that and the Godfather, which was like, like the meat lovers. Yeah. Um, oh man. Do you remember? I mean, they delivered till four in the morning. And they would deliver from Monterey out to us on campus, and I would be the asshole paying them in gold Sacagaweas. Sorry, man. And no, I don't have a tip for you. I'm really sorry. Thank you. Um, I applied to work there. No way. I I drove down with my brother. It was during the summertime, and I wasn't staying down there, so we fucking drove down together. I went in for my interview, and... The guy goes, oh, yeah, he's not, he didn't show up today. I go, okay, are we going to reschedule? Nah. All right. So, you know, we drove down there for nothing. And then about maybe less than a month later, they closed and became Bellagio. Damn. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the, um, I remember this one uh, time they delivered to us and they gave us the wrong pizza. And then Ooh. the dude, I think the dude was like, he's like, oh, you know, I'm so, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, and, but I think we were just like, oh, it's cool, man. You know, this pizza, will, you know, we'll eat it. Uh, maybe we order like a mom Michelle or something like that. And then I think I remember like the dude came back, like literally like 15 minutes you know, or like 20 minutes later with the Jesus. pizza. I, I don't know if you remember that, dude. Like, was that your dad's birthday? That, I don't, I don't know. It must've been like one of those, like we were doing like a party or something and, um, like that, I don't think we cared too. Like we were just hungry yeah. and we just wanted some pizza. So it doesn't, it didn't really matter if it was wrong, but, um, yeah, I, I, that's the, I, that's the thing I remembered before they kind of went under the new ownership. Like they were pretty, pretty on it as far as like their delivery and stuff. Yeah. They were fucking great for a short burst there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And then that's like, like you never knew when they were open and they had hours posted, but they never like stuck to those hours. Yeah. It was, it was definitely like a little more loose, but at the same time when you were in the right area and we were like going for drinks or something downtown or whatever, yeah. like it was the perfect place to go, you know? So yeah, I, I just remember that one always kind of stuck with me with, with like living in Monterey for a couple of years. And, um, we went Good crazy for that, pool, that pizza. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So, I missed uh, that. Yeah. Fuck. What's my? I have a last one. Do I have one more? You do. You have one more. Um. Oh, I'm probably gonna butcher this pizza place. It's, it's called, very. Right. It's very similar to to um Blaze Pizza. I think it's called 800 Degrees. Oh, I think or I've it, heard of that. 800 Degrees. I think it's 800 Degrees. I think so. I think I'm gonna have to think. fact check that, but. I'll yeah. fact check. You talk about it. I think it's 800 degrees, I think. That might be too hot. but <laughs> Yeah, 800 degrees pizza. Sweet. Um, very similar to Blaze Pizza, kind of the assembly line pizza. You get it fresh right there. Um, cool. From what I remember, it was a little bit more, not for, not like, re- how's the best way to say it? It wasn't like a formal, it was a little more like not upscale than Blaze. Like, I know Blaze is very like, you know, on the go, kind of, I would consider it kind of fast food. Like, I think 800 Degrees was, they're trying to, like, kind of, um, uh, yeah, kind of make the pizza thing like a restaurant kind of thing. You know what I mean? So you have the same kind of fast assembly line 
uh, you know, thing, uh, thing. And then, of course, they have, like, a salad bar and all this kind of stuff. And uh, um, mostly for encouraging you to, to have a sit-down dinner there or lunch. You know, whenever so, I think of salad bar, I think of Sizzler, and it repulses me. <laughs> Sizzler. Man, I remember that place. Um, but, yeah, dude, 800 degrees. That's what's up. Very nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Is that, like, a... SoCal only thing. I don't know. I, I I I did go there. Yeah, since I've been like since I've lived here, that that was a place that I discovered. Um, I know Blaze is like everywhere. That place is like, um, yeah. Even even within the last couple of years, I've seen just so many like pop up. Um, even it's in one Monterey of the uh, fucking storefronts in Stonestown. Oh wow! In the city, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, they got a killer location there. It's, it's, it's taken amazing. over. I do like that kind of pizza, dude. Like, you know, it's maybe good. it's something. It's really good. Maybe it's something to do with like getting it like there and just like it's fresh and you kind of know what they're putting on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So my but, brother yeah. won't eat it because uh, it's LeBron. LeBron James owns. Ah, uh, I plays. see. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> to which I say, grow up. But yeah. I get it. I also <laughs> I get it. Um, but yeah, man. Um, right on. Well, that was good. I like talking pizza, man. Should order some pizza tonight. I know. Fuck. <laughs> I'm definitely having pizza Friday. I'm doing it. Doing it now. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Joey, yeah. what is your list for this week? I'm kind of shake it up, baby. See. Now. Shake it up. Hear that shit? <laughs> what do we got? Here. What do we got? Shawnee, what are your top five? Ooh. What are the top five villains you would like to see in Matt Reeves's The Batman? Oh man. And they've actually been saying what villains they're gonna t- they're gonna have, but let's let's not even go there. Let's off the top of your head, what do you who do you Ooh. want to see in this fucking movie? Um shit. I'm trying to think of all of the kind of rogues gallery. I really want to see Mr. Freeze. Right. Um on. And, I mean, I don't want to make any comparisons, but I, I really like the Arkham series, uh, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, the, that kind of series of games that came out through uh, Rocksteady Games. Yeah. Uh, one, because I, I loved the way they portrayed the rogues gallery and just the all the different kind of Batman characters and how they're, you know, interrelated with the city and the other villains and, like, you know, how they're kind of tying the story together. And I like the design of uh, Mr. Freeze. And, of course, the last version we got of Mr. Freeze was Arnold Schwarzenegger playing him in um, Batman. I can't remember. Uh, and Robin. And Robin. Yeah. Which was very, very comical and campy and stuff. So uh, it'd be very interesting to see a version of that. Um, it doesn't have to be super dark and serious, but, you know, as long as we get kind of a that that story and and um kind of looking deeper into Mr. Freeze and I don't know I just feel like they can really kind of I don't know just give it a different go and and have a different ad- adaptation for the character and yeah. I don't know I, I always liked the way he looked in the comics and you know even in the animated you know series like yeah. he just had this kind of they distilled it in the animated series it was perfect yeah very yeah, very true. And like, of course, you see some of that like design in the games, and like, it's it's super interesting how, you know, Mister Freeze is still a pretty you know big character in the in the in the Batman universe. Um, so I'd love to see him. I I'd probably put him at number. 
Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, like, yeah, I, I, he, he, again, he deserves another go. I feel like, you know, we yeah. can have someone play him and, and kind of bring a different, you know, context to his character. Um, yeah, so to Mr. Freeze, um, man, I wish I was a little more familiar with the, the, the gallery of just his villains. I'm just trying to think of like all the villains. Uh, Clayface would be kind of dope. Clayface would be dope. Um, but very know, could, CG, and I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. I That could go... Yeah, I, I guess maybe I'll, I'll be a little bit He would be high. cool. He would be fucking cool. He would be cool, and if they can do, if they can get the CG right and make it, you know the the shape, like kind of shape shifting he does, and the you know kind of the, the look he has, I, I think it can work. You know that would be my issue, I guess, is how would they render that character and and kind of go forward designing that character. But um, I've always, again, just kind of maybe felt attached to that character through the animated series. I think a lot of the, I was very familiar because I didn't read a lot of the comics growing up, but I was very familiar with the, you know, the villains through the animated series and just like, you know, there's so many different uh, villains that Batman faces and it's just cool because we get those kind of stories in the animated series. Anyways, um, Clayface, uh, Mr. Freeze. Um, you know what, dude? I would like to see the Riddler done again. Yeah, and I, I I don't know if I re- I don't know if that is one of the contenders for who might be going into the new Matt Reeves and uh, I I don't know it sucks because I I'm trying to I'm basing it off of so many different things like you know I enjoyed the video games and kind of how they portrayed those characters and you know it's obviously different from like Jim Carrey's portrayal and you know his kind of wackiness and you know uh, his tight tights. In that movie, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> so um, you know, I I like the Riddler. You know, the whole you know kind of um, you know obviously putting you know Batman in front of all these riddles and and playing kind of a cat and mouse game with him. And I think that as being the you know the the greatest detective in you know um, in, in uh, Gotham City, you know like it. It's a perfect character, especially if they're going to try also in this Batman. I think they're going to try to do more of a kind of detective, uh, you know, having Batman be more of a detective and kind of, you know, not as action based, but very looking at, you know, what's happening in the scenes. Um, I think the Riddler would be very interesting because, you know, he's probably leaving him so many different breadcrumbs and testing the mind of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So, you know, I think that would be a kind of a cool thing they can play with with that and not necessarily just kind of fun and games kind of things. So, um, yeah, they can get really creative with that too. Cause Definitely. you know, it's like, you know, Batman being one upped, you know, maybe Riddler's a little, you know, kind of ahead of, you know, a couple of steps ahead of him or something, you know, like that kind of thing where he's slowly made. And then, you know, maybe Batman, you know, kind of finds a little weak spot and kind of cat- catches him off guard. I don't know. That's all. No. And you yeah. know, what's what, what, um, Paul Dini did a run when we were in high school or right after high school yeah. um, where the Riddler, because in Hush, he had had a brain tumor, um, I think, or no, it was brain cancer or something. And that's, he like went into a Lazarus pit and then he fucking found out Batman's identity because he was so super smart from coming out of the Lazarus pit. Um, and then, of course, they had to give him amnesia because comics, right? Yeah, comics. Um, but when he fucking kind of regains himself, he yeah. isn't a villain anymore. And he's like 
also a detective for hire. So he's always competing with Batman, but he's not breaking any laws. And like he's doing, yeah. he's one upping Batman that way. Like he'd be cool to almost see the character start out that way and then yeah. delve into villainy. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I like this. That's oh, that'd be so cool. That's pretty cool, man. Like just a rival detective, you know, it'd be super cool. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, I mean, I think that would be the best. I mean, as far as the Matt, this Matt Reeves kind of, I guess, trilogy, it's going to be, um, you know, it's a good moment for them to, to kind of take some of those, I wouldn't say risks, but, you know, kind of explore a little bit more of the, of the, the, you know, pull of different stories and, you know, and pulling from the comics and just see what they can come up with. And, you know, I think, you know, it seems like they're, not taking their time with this one, but you know, they're not obviously not trying to push the next Batman film, you know, especially with the kind of, I would think failure of justice league, you know, they, they're going to have to kind of pull back and, and really think about how they're going to approach Batman. And of course the villains in the next couple of films, because they're going to try to set up another universe, but I I like that. That's really cool with like, you know, having the Riddler start off as like a goodie and you know, he's kind of a a competitor with him. That could be so much fun, dude. That could be so much fucking fun. That's such a wow. That's fucking. That's pretty Jesus. good, man. Um, yeah. So really. WB. Oh my god. I will fucking work for pennies, dude. Just, just hire this guy, man. Seriously. Hire him and while we're on the show, you know. It's time. Um, it's time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see, Mister Freeze, Riddler, Clayface. Oh, man. You got a good lineup right here, dude. Yeah, let's see. Um, oh, shit. Oh, man. Who's the... Oh, fuck. Why am, I, why am I forgetting? Describe. I will tell you. I mean... Uh, I'm going to leave the Joker out of this one. I know. I like... Can we all agree that Joker is amazing? He's the best villain. He, you know, for it to feel like definitive Batman, there's got to be Joker because you can't have one without the other. But yeah, let's, I'm not, I'm going to keep him off my list as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Otherwise it's, you know, you only get four more, you know. Oh man. Okay. How about this? Also, I'm gonna I don't know go if you with... can hear Marty snoring right now. He's snoring <laughs> really loudly. Snoring. All I don't the know if my mic's picking right that now. up. <laughs> That's funny. You should record it sometime. <laughs> um, fuck. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, shit, man. Um, oh, fuck. Okay, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Penguin. Okay. And I, I know, of course, we've had uh, you know Danny DeVito play him. Um, you know, of course, in the in the t- uh, TV show and and actually even the in the sorry the the TV show in the uh, Gotham, Gotham, but also in it was a penguin in, in the uh, original series, right? I'm, I'm sure there. Mm. Yeah. Yes. There was uh, right? Burgess Meredith. Yes. Um, yeah. So there have been, you know, different renditions of, of penguin on the screen. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see Gotham. I know we were, we were, I remember we were pretty turned off by it. May, may yeah. give it a chance. I don't know. I stopped after three episodes and I can't, do this junk to my brain. I just can't. I feel you, dude. I feel you. Um, yeah. uh, but I don't know. I, I think kind of similar to Mr. Freeze, you know, just kind of the Penguin character. Um, you know, 
you know, I I like the like with the Arkham series. Like I like you know he's a mob boss, you know, kind of. You know he he uh, he's definitely takes a lot. He takes charge of a lot of you know different things that are happening in Gotham City. So he has a lot of power, and um, you know I think that would be very interesting to see. You know, kind of his influence in the movie. I, I do hope that the movie at least, you know, it's not like if they're going to do like a couple of his villains, you know, I, I hope it's very, I hope they do it very evenly. And, and maybe, maybe it's something that maybe they just um, make it aware of like the, the existence of the character yeah. and, and not try to cram everyone in one movie or something. You know what I mean? Like set it up, like, especially like Penguin can be like the mob boss or like, you know, someone who's, who's working, you know, sections of the city and, and corrupting different places. So, uh, well also like think about Batman Begins. You never think about that movie being crammed with villains, but there's Joe Chill, if you want to count him as a villain. Yeah. Scarecrow, Ra's al Ghul, um, fucking Falcone. Oh, uh, you're right. Flass, yeah. There is, there is a lot. Yeah. Uh, Zaz. So there's six fucking villains right there off the top of my head. Yeah. Maybe it's just how they best serve the story, and you know, of course, that's you know, if if there's a sl- you know a couple of villains on this on this roster, and so let's just say the, you know hypothetically the five that we pick or something, you know, yeah. I, I hope I truly hope that you know they can find a way to really um, tie all those characters together, but not make it so it, it takes away from you know the Batman character and 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 really just kind of highlighting you know, the, the world that they're in. So, um, you know, I think like, you're right. It, Batman begins. You don't notice it as much because the pacing in the story and how the characters and villains are used in the story to best serve it. You know, yeah. that's, you know, Falcone, right. He, you know, he is the one kind of mobster that, um, Bruce Wayne is always focused on because he knew, you know, it had a connection to his parents' death and all this stuff. And Mr. Earl, know. there's a seventh one, the guy trying to take over Wayne enterprises. Red, red ground. You're right. And so it's like, I think if they can, I'm not saying do it like Christopher Nolan's films, but if they can kind of, you know, not make, you know, not say make them the main focus, but like if they can reel them in at, at the times where they best serve what's happening with the plot and the story and, and also have those little moments where you can, you know, kind of get a, get a feel for their character and like where they're coming from. I think that would make a really good Batman film or, or at least series. And so I think that's yeah. also the key with like, if they're going to be pulling from this pool of uh, villains, they got to go with some pretty good ones and, and do it right. So <laughs> um, yeah. I'm missing one, right? Or yeah. Yeah. Or five. Uh, man. I don't know. I really, oh, man, I really liked uh, what's his face. Um, as Razagul, Liam, yeah, Nisan. They could have. I don't think they did a lot with uh, Lazarus Pit, though, right? They didn't do anything. Uh, anything with Lazarus Pit. So I mean, maybe. Oh, man, I could just add to like so many other plot hole. Like <laughs> I mean, once you <laughs> add that, it's like okay, you could pretty much bring anyone back from the dead in some yeah. way form. Um, I don't know. I, I would like to see that, but I would like to see. I don't know if you can allow me on this one. Like her, his it. daughter, uh, Talia. 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 Sure. Yeah, so maybe, yeah. the, maybe that, if we're going to bring Raz, Raish, Agul back, um, maybe have that, 
that dynamic uh, kind of interaction with his daughter and maybe yeah. how his daughter relates to Batman. So that would be very, I would love, very cool. I would love, love, love to hear Roz go, daughter, and then daughter. turn to Batman, detective. Oh, like that's, oh so good. Fuck. Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Razagul never got to call Bruce Wayne detective in Batman Begins, and it's a fucking missed uh, opportunity. Yeah. I Yeah, I think, you know, I think we've seen a couple of screen adaptations of the characters I mentioned, but at the same time, you know, they're totally different films, and they're totally different, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of designs and the way it was written. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm always interested in seeing that, you know, even with the Joker, like, I know, like, I wasn't stoked off of Jared Leto's look and, and the way he portrayed it, but, you know, I gave it a chance and, and yeah. you know, at least got to see it as far as this is a different way of, you know, them uh, portraying the Joker. And, you know, we have um, Joaquin Phoenix doing uh, this kind of, you know, individual, uh, you know, Joker movie. It could be an origin Joker story or whatever. But I think that's the thing I'm looking for is, like, you know, really dive into that, you know, you have so much to pull from, from the comics and, um, and even the films and ga- and video games, you know, it's like, there's so much you can pull from. And I guess the key is just making sure if you have that cast is just to really get everyone to evenly, um, you know, be represented in the film, but also, you know, get a, ch- get a cho- chance to like show a different version of these characters. Cause you know, most of us growing up in the nineties know what just, you know, I've probably seen Batman and Robin and Batman forever and those versions of the characters. And, you know, so those, those kind of stuck, I feel <laughs> with us and, yeah. you know, just trying to see how else they can kind of interpret those characters. So yeah, those are right on, man. My five Joe, I'm, you're this, a huge Batman fan. So I'm kind of excited to hear yours. Uh, yeah, dude, what, so, what, what are you starting with? Man, right out the gate, you know, I want my gut reaction to say Joker, Catwoman, Two-Face. Cause I think, you know, that's who I want to fucking see. Those are my favorites, right? You yeah. know, to me, I want I want the definitive fucking Batman movie. And I think The Dark Knight came close, but it's not that, you know? Um, yeah. I want the definitive Batman fighting the definitive Joker, and I want there to be Harvey Dent, or Two-Face, and I want there to be Catwoman. Like, you know, it, I, you don't need to give me anyone else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can tell a really good story with those characters. Um, instead, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to allow myself any character that has before appeared on film okay um number five i'm gonna go the clock king as oh wow uh, okay as he is in uh you know his first appearance in the animated series temple fugit um he meets the mayor on the train he's like tense the mayor tells him to relax you know just go off schedule just for 15 minutes. And he winds up like missing this court date and going bankrupt. And he blames the mayor. And, um, somehow he fights Batman inside this giant clock and it's just fucking awesome. You know, like going back to like the fifties, the Batman comics always had like Batman fighting penguin on a giant fucking typewriter or something like that, you know? Um, so to be fighting the clock King inside of a giant clock, you know, you get that imagery of Batman, like on cogs and, you know, different pieces and stuff inside the clock and it's all oversized and gigantic, but it, it makes sense within the setting and the story, you know, um, without kind of falling into camp, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really the only thing I know clock King from, but I've always dug it. I've always dug his voice and his, his personality and, 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 uh, disposition, I guess. And, 
yeah, I think he could be a creepy one-off fucking villain. Yeah. Nice. Um, speaking of creepy villains, uh, number four, I'm going to go with Mad Hatter, Jervis Tech. Ooh, yeah. Um, you know, they've kind of got a, taken him, like, really dark in the comics. Like, he's a fucking pedophile and shit like that. Um, but basically, his MO is that he uses hats, you know, like Alice in Wonderland for mind control. And he's obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. He's obsessed with a woman named Alice. Um, so there's, I, I don't know. I, I definitely think you could tell a Mad Hatter story with allusions to the Me Too era and shit like that, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it, he, you could do something really interesting with the Mad Hatter. Um, fuck, Peter Dinklage would... T- so fucking oh, it's the Mad Hatter, dude. Dude. Oh shit. Damn, man. That's that's another, that's another thing to think about. Who would we cast for? I mean, I I can't. Yeah. That, that should be like a part two on the next time we. Yeah. Like casting. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. God damn it. I uh, want to see Peter Dinklage Mad Hatter so bad now. I uh, yeah. That wow. We yeah. gotta start that campaign, dude. <laughs> fucking a. Um. What am I on? Three? Number three, I'm going to go another animated series. I'm a big animated series guy. Um, uh, Boss Rupert Thorne. So, oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, he was, you know, it's just, I, I love Batman fighting just like mobsters and shit. Um, you know, because he is kind of more of a pulp film noir kind of character. Um, you know, I, I, I like the theatricality of a lot of the villains and the joke and stuff, but I, yeah. I love seeing Batman take on just fucking crime, you know, like just fucking corruption, you know, all that shit. So fucking and Boss Thorne is is a character we haven't seen yet. We've gotten Maroni. We've gotten Falcone. Um, I'd like to see Boss Thorne. There we go. Bring him out. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two, again, animated series. The Phantasm. Andrea Damn. Beaumont. Fuck, I was just thinking about that movie, too. They're finally introducing her to the comics. Um, it's taken 25, 26 years, but they're finally doing it. And um, it's a, she's such a great character. So, you know, Phantasm, um, it's Andrea Beaumont. She met Bruce at the cemetery. She was talking to her mom. He was talking to his parents. You know that old thing. And... Um, they fell in love and it was right before Bruce became Batman and he was willing to finally, he, there's this heartbreaking fucking scene of him at his parents' grave and he's telling them like, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, please, you know, unburden me of being Batman. Like I, you know, I didn't, he says, I didn't count on being happy. Like just send me a sign. Wow. (laughs) And, And then she's behind him at the graveyard. She's like, maybe they did send you a sign. Maybe they sent me and you know, they embrace and he proposes to her and she accepts Ooh. and he's going to get married. And then her dad is tied up with the mob. And, uh, um, Oh man, that's sounds- they've got to flee and she has to break his heart. And then he becomes it's Batman. Just, yeah. It adds just another layer of tragedy on a story that doesn't need another layer, but it fucking twists the yep. knife just so well and adds just another layer to Batman. And, um, yeah, she comes back as the phantasm just fucking offing mobsters, you know, the people that like killed her father. And it's, it's such a great story. Um, yeah. Or just <laughs> fucking go watch mask of the phantasm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, man. I love that movie. I would love to see Andrea Beaumont in a fucking movie though. If they could do it justice, 
You know, not fucking Suicide Squad. Look, we did Mad Love. No, you fucking didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Rant over. Uh, number one, I have always really loved this character, and I think he would work really well in live action. Um, um, Arnold Wesker, the, the ventriloquist. Oh, man, yeah. I always Scarface. You know, like, there's so, like, Batman's villains are all, like, you know, they have mental health issues. And this guy literally, like, is a ventriloquist and he thinks his Scarface gangster puppet is alive and, you know, the real criminal. And he commits all these crimes and he has, like, like the, the puppet is really charismatic and, like, is always hitting <laughs> Arnold Wesker and, like, you know, shut up, you know. And um, it's such a weird, tragic, because Arnold is a good person and he can't help it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. That that would be a very compelling story because yeah, you have that kind of inner character struggle, you know, they're aware of like, Oh, you know, I want to, you know, do, do good, but also, you know, there's this other side and yeah, it could get, it could get really, yeah, really intense with that, you know, with that character. Um, that's a, that's, man, I was just thinking about that character. Again, I keep thinking about, I keep thinking about the, uh, animated series that those those images of those characters really stick with me on that one but that's a good choice dude because it's just uh, again it's also you know we haven't seen that really on film and i think it would be and not really the video games either i can't think of yeah you're I think he you're appears right. in arkham no joker just holds scarface in the first yeah one. I, yeah i didn't think that yeah yeah man dude i just hooked up my playstation 3 in my room so I might have oh, to nice. that tonight. Shit, um, that does sound pretty damn good. Dude, I, um, I really like this list. Um, I think it's... Yeah, I like yours too, man. It's cool, man. I, I know you, you, Joey, you know, shares it. You freaking love Batman, dude. Always I and love forever. him. And uh, yeah, I always love talking Batman on the show. Yeah, so. man, that was... Yeah. So the I guess the villains they are talking about right now for... Matt Reeves' the Batman is Firefly, Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman. Um, I want to say Two-Face. Two-Face. And there might have been one uh, other. But. Firefly. Was Firefly in uh, uh, Arkham Origins? I feel like. I yes. Remember. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know too much about the character. That's why I, that, that's the only. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about him either, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I think, again, I, I just, you know, I do hope that if they have that many characters, if they can just find a way to not force them in there, but, you know, f- find a way to best serve it. And, you know, if they don't, they're only part of a certain part of the movie or, or if it's a, uh, you know, big lead or supporting character throughout the movie, I guess we'll just have to see yeah. how they uh, It looks like uh, Mad Hatter is also rumored to possibly be. So shit, man. Peter Dinklage, Peter fucking Dinklage, motherfuckers. Maybe we'll have to do uh, some sort of like list when they announce the the actual official roles and and possibly maybe maybe our own casting uh, choices for for the uh, for each role. Yeah. I think Peter Dinklage. That was that was a good call, man. I'll be so intense. I don't get sure. many strokes of genius, but that might have been one of them. <laughs> Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Don't fall asleep on me, Sean. We've got one more segment. Oh, yeah. It's our weekly segment. We do this in a series of seasons. 
You can go back and listen. The first season was uh, movies from the year of our birth. Second season was the Beatles discography. Third season was the Rebels discography. <laughs> Fourth season was Game of Thrones season eight. We don't talk about it. And then uh, the current season is the Clash discography. We have done the Clash UK. Give them enough rope. London calling. Sandinista. And now we're on their fifth and some say final record, Combat Rock. Combat Rock. From 1983, I believe. Um, this is their most successful record, um, which is kind of surprising to me. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, when I listened to it, it kind of felt like whatever they were looking for in Sandinista, they found and were able to put out just... Like, if, if Sandinista was a single LP... It would have been yeah. combat rock. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. Even though they did record enough material for a double LP, Mick Jones wanted to put out a double. Um, Damn. I don't know. I I wound up really enjoying this record. Um, yeah. It, it, I didn't yeah. think I was going to like it. <laughs> Would you? Go for I was about it. to say you own this one on on vinyl too, right? Is that correct? I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think. Uh, it's definitely, I have to agree with you. It's like kind of like what they were kind of looking for in Sandinista. Like, yeah, this is, would be like kind of their curated record of like all those tracks kind of condensed into this album. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was different. It was, you know, it's, it's funny because like, you know, I, maybe because of my just history with like the clash, like I, I really love their first, like, especially the first three record, like, you know, up to London calling and even Sandy, yeah. like just kind of discovering some of their other music, at, you know, after London calling, but it is different. And, and it, it is like, they're taking, you know, cause of, of their meshing of styles and, and different genres and instrumentations. It's like, it goes even further, I think on this record. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm at this point, I am pretty open to it. So I did enjoy the record. Um, just seeing where they were kind of going with it, like their different sounds and just like, it, I, w- I wasn't like, it was not saying I was, um, it was predictable or anything. I, 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 there was some stuff. It didn't I catch just, you off guard. Didn't catch me off guard. It was definitely, it, yeah. the Santa Anissa definitely set us up for combat rock on yeah. this one. I couldn't have gone from London calling to combat rock. Yeah. Actually, there yeah. had to have been that middle period of like, oh, okay, wow. They're, they're doing everything. Yeah. You know? So um, I did enjoy it. I, I again, I think with like I think we've said this before m- multiple times. I think I only only got to listen to it like once, so um, just all the way through. And you know, I would definitely want to spend some more time on this record and just kind of listening to it yeah. and kind of getting a little more into it. And but yeah, I, I enjoyed like. I mean, I'll start with my five. Um, <laughs> it's my dad's least favorite song from the Clash, but. It is <laughs> Rock the Casbah as number five. One, yeah. it's because it's it's really weird because it was my exposure to the clash on the radio, mm. which is interesting. That's always been the one song they always play on the radio, aside from maybe London Calling and uh, oh, what's the other one? A train uh, and Van or Should I Stay or Should tra- I Go? Yeah, Should I Stay or... Yeah, one of... Th- I feel like that obviously, yeah. So as far as like, you know, just like listening to the radio growing up, you know, in the early nineties and stuff like, yeah, it's definitely that exposed me a little bit to the clash. I mean, I I did get exposed to them beforehand, but yeah, I don't know. It's a very interesting song and the, the, 
man, it's that's well like produced. It's well produced. That guitar riff kind of going through the whole thing, and then that like rock the Casbah. That I don't know. There's something it's, about it's that. It's got a solid, yeah, a hook. You know? A solid hook. Yeah, it's very catchy, yeah. and um, you you can definitely you know sing it back and. I think that's probably what I liked about it. And then there's all these, like, again, these, like, weird, you know, I think they were starting to get a little more into, like, not, it's not very prominent in all the songs, but, like, synthesizers and just kind of other mm, yeah. instruments. And, you know, there's, like, those weird, like, kind of laser sounds happening in, like, the meow, part meow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, it's cool. Like, they, they're definitely embracing even some of the music, you know, the different things that are happening in the, te- you know, music technology or, or instrument wise. And I also think that's kind of a cool, like, I always think that's a cool thing about when bands progress and, you know, some bands they can kind of stick in their lane and use this, you know, kind of the same stuff, but you know, it's cool that, that the clash, you know, they always took liberties as far as like, let's just try some different things. So um, I always like that about them. And I think rock the Casbah being, I think the most pop sen- pop sensible, uh, song on the record i think it, it still has some kind of different things happening in there so yeah. um rock the casbah's number five right on uh number four i've got adam tan hell yeah and i'm trying to remember how this one i think this is the one that uh is this the one that i think joe strummer he sounds like bob dylan on it yeah <laughs> is that the right. one i think it is um I all the a bunch of these songs kind of blended together for me in my head, so I can't really discern the 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 tune or the melody, but I know that yeah. I enjoyed them, you know. Um, but this is I want to say one of the more upbeat kind of swinging songs. Yeah, yeah, got the you know the, the kind of rock guitars. Yeah, um, weirdly enough, it kind of reminds me of like the Stones a little bit. Like oh, they okay, kind of, they so, kind of had that. Yeah, kind of the it, it's not necessarily bluesy, but yeah, it, it has. I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't like fa- it wasn't fast punk or fast rock. You know, it was just kind of a good pace. And um, yeah, the thing I always noticed was like that the voice that you know Joe Strummer always has a kind of a uniqueness to his voice and how he kind of says you know sings and he always tries these different like it's almost like he's drunk sometimes when he sings. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I think maybe that's why it I was attracted to the song and just loved it because it was just different. Like it. Yeah, just like hearing Joe Strummer kind of do something different um, with his voice and the way he's kind of, you know, and, and usually if it's not singing, it's it's kind of the way he's kind of trying to say his message and say what he's, you know, trying to say in the lyrics. And maybe the way he's delivering it is intentional as far as like maybe he wants to the, the listener to feel a certain way. And he gets super deep into, you know, why he, he cho- chooses to sing it that way. But um, yeah, I just thought it was just very interesting, different you know, for the clash and uh, maybe it's just that, the guitar riff, um, that is really singing to me. So number four, Adam 10 noise. Number three, I got, uh, inoculated city. Yeah, this is a good one. I'm trying to remember this one too. <laughs> I'm just, I have my Spotify just kind of in the background. Like once I hear the, Oh, Definitely, uh, definitely more laid back track. I don't know why it, it kind of reminded me of like uh, <laughs> our favorite one of our favorite bands, The Wonders. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. It had like I don't know this kind of. I know this came out in eight the eighties, but it I don't know maybe it had some 
you know, some 60s, 70s influences in it maybe that maybe I'm hearing. Um, but yeah, it was a little more laid back. It, you know, it has like kind of a little catchy, you know, kind of rhythm to it and guitar. The guitar works very, you know, very, it's, it's great. Like I, I think even music musically, I think, you know, you're thinking the fifth record they're you know, I would think they're pretty shaped up as far as musicians. So they're, you know, I, I can hear them taking some liberties and trying some different things and, um, you know, even with the, you know, the guitar and just how it's, you know, being played in the song. So I think that's why I picked that song for, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Inoculated City, Too nice. Overpowered by Funk, Hell which of course yes. it has some funk elements in there. And again, that's, I, th- I think one genre that, um, or not, I mean, I think the clash just does so well of it's, it's not like they're parroting or, or, trying so hard to to be that genre or that style it, it's just it's no. their it's it definitely is their interpretation of of that style yes. and, and it is a fun song and and really um you know it's it's one of the kind of the faster ones i i would i think on the on the record um yeah and yeah again it, it really does stay true to like the clash and their diverse way of writing and 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 performing and just like the the things they tried and the that things that really stuck in it and, and it, it, you know, landed on this record. And I think it works really well for the, for the album itself. So right um, number two, overpowered by funk. And then number one, should I stay or should I go? I mean, it, it, it's still one of my favorite clash songs. It's such a catchy chorus. Yeah. Uh, that guitar riff. Yeah. It's so good, man. And, like the it's like our one real clash song on this record. It, yeah, you're uh, right. It definitely yeah. is essential clash uh the sound the you know all of them playing the the you know big guitars. Uh there is a cool little thing that I, I noticed though like and I've been kind of noticing it with um some other bands like the sense of like the way the the they call it the form of the song like how it's you know how it's kind of written and the structure right uh like i noticed there's a lot of these moments where there's like gaps like should I st-? it's like this kind of like the guitar riff is like the was like the call and answer right like it's such a great melody because it just goes so well the guitar and the vocal hand in hand like they really yeah. do complement each other and maybe maybe that's why it's it's one of i think the, one of the most pop one of the most popular clash songs i think is because of that it's just it's so melodic and and every little piece of it works so well but it still it still has that you know that kind of central clash sound you know and, and yeah you know, of just you know pure clash so i don't know it, it's still one of my favorite songs from them and uh yeah i don't know i, I love it and then that 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 part where it goes into the kind of like uh it's kind of you know it's it's like uh the, like a two-step Sped up. So it's cool. It, it has it's it's again it's it's clash, but it's also like yeah, they're trying things of like you know tempo changes and and speeding up sections and stuff. So and it's great because it, it kind of it gives you this kind of roller coaster of a ride of a you know on the song and you kind of experience it you know in that way. And I think that's what that's great about them is they they were able to to to, to make those kind of things happen in the songs and and really kind of get the listener and, and, and really grab them. So yeah, freaking 
Should I stay or should I go? Right on, man. Good yeah, list. Yeah. Uh, Joey, I'm well, now yeah. curious to hear yours because uh, this record's 12, it's like what, 12 tracks? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not as big as, uh, you know, Sandinista, but. Uh, I, I listened to it a couple times. Okay. Um, and I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, we share number one, should I stay or should I go? It's And it's, you know, I don't want to pick the obvious one, but it's the only one that really feels like the clash to me. I mean, you know, it all feels like the clash. That's the great thing about them experimenting with all these different sounds and styles and everything is that it always sounds like the clash, but this is like classic fucking clash. clash. You know, it doesn't yeah. get any more. It's just a fucking rock and roll song, man. You know, it's like, yes, you know, um, it's, it's the type of music that I go to those first couple albums for, you know, there we go. <laughs> so number two, I did straight to hell. I like that one too. This was dope. Um, I'm having trouble recalling any of it, but I oh. really, really dug it. This is like a, a cool, for the most part, a pretty cool, just hangout record. Yeah, you know? you're right. Yeah. I was just sitting here with my feet up on my desk, just kind of taking it in and I loved it. Um, yeah. Number three, Overpowered by Funk. Fantastic. Dude, love that song. <laughs> it's so good. And it's it's probably the most bombastic the record gets, you know? Like, yeah. at least kicking off, you know, in the yeah. beginning. But um, it's so good. Like, it just, it works its way into your skin. You're just, and until your, your whole body's kind of moving to it, you know? Like, at first you're like, man, I don't know, The Clash doing funk, but yeah, it's like, oh, is this a, yeah. It, it works its way into your bones, man. It just gets yeah. you moving. It's so good. Um, number four, like the ultimate kind of just chill out song on this, uh, this record, Sean Flynn. Dude. Yeah. Isn't this the, is that the one, is that the instrumental one or am I thinking a different one? Is it instrumental? Oh, no, shit. I don't think it's instrumental. Not that is one. It, there's an there instrumental on this fucking song? I think there's an instrumental. This, uh, oh, man, I'm trying to remember which one it was, dude. It might open with like instrumental, but I think it eventually has. I could be wrong. Fuck. No, 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 no. There's definitely there's definitely words on that one. Oh, but, man, okay. I'm totally blanking on it. But yeah, sorry. Car jamming. Does car jamming? Car jamming has lyrics. They all have lyrics, dude. Shawnee, did I lose you? Fuck, yeah, I'm trying to think. No, Anyways, there you are. yeah. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> I feel like I, I heard an instrumental song in here, but maybe I could be wrong. Well, there's long stretches of just instruments, you know? And That's it, what it sometimes is, yeah. it doesn't even sound like the same fucking song that you were listening to when there was vocals, you know? Because um, these songs just move into so many different places, you know? It's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean Flynn, I liked it. You know, he incor- they incorporated, like, nature sounds and shit in the beginning, you know? Yeah, got a little um, sound, soundscaping, it felt, sound design. You know, like you're in a swamp or you know the tropical forest or something. It was cool. Um, and then number five, Adam Tan. Again, Adam it's Tan. just kind of a fun, you know, different kind of style, but it it moves, you know, and it makes you move. It's it's good. It's good. Dude, I'm yeah. really digging these lists for the Clash because as I am feel I. like we you know we have a good connection to the Clash, but it is really cool to dive deeper and kind of get more exposed to their music and you know where they're at and in this you know part of their career and it's cool we like we know like we both kind of uh mentioned like oh like coming from sandinista like it's it's like this record you could tell like the influences from that record really carried on yes. into this one yeah. so 
it's cool. It's cool. We get, yeah, it's cool to recognize that and just, and just see, you know, how it's, you know, how the band is, you know, writing and, and continue to write. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that one actually. Yeah. So did I, man. Yeah, that was, that was good. Um, fucking, where am I going with this? You know what? I'm just going to jump into, well, next week real quick. Sorry. Um, we're going to be doing cut the crap, which I actually fans and Joe Strummer has, I think disowned, you know, um, Strummer's on it, Simo's on it, but no Mick Jones, no Topper. Oh, man. Um, this is the death knell for The Clash. I'm excited to, to I've never listened to it. Me either. See that's, what happens. Going in this, like, completely, yeah, because most, most of the records we've listened to uh, up to Comet Rock, I think we've heard at least maybe A couple one, songs. Yeah, a couple songs, so. Um, yeah. And now knowing that, I didn't know that with, with that uh, backstory with, only just half, like half the band in it. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Excited for next week. It's going to be something. It's going to be something folks. Um, shot we, you next, blah, where am I? We usually do like a one cool thing. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to mind kind of segues in. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I watched the documentary, Joe Strummer, the future is unwritten. Have you ever seen this? I fucking love that documentary, dude. It's such a good it's documentary. It's so fucking good. Um, and I've just been on a Joe Strummer Clash fucking kick. I've listened to Career Opportunities maybe 40 times just on repeat. And like playing it on my guitar, just, ah, you know, I will open a laptop for you. And I just fucking <laughs> going, dude. Um, but it's such a beautiful and like he was he was a beautiful heartbreaking fucking flawed individual you know you know and i love that the documentary you know it's told via his friends around campfire and they talk about what a great guy he was what a generous host he was and all this stuff what a genius he was but then it's also like but he wasn't perfect like he was sleeping with everybody's girlfriend and you know he fucking the story behind rock the casbah was heartbreaking um in that you know topper went in the studio and created that song from the ground up. And they were like, it's pretty much done. We just need lyrics. Joe Strummer wrote the lyrics, whatever. But then Topper hadn't, you know, was going through his drug problems and they told him that he couldn't play anymore. And I guess he goes, Joe told me, he's like, Hey man, don't worry about it. Like, and this is after Joe Strummer's already like fucked his girlfriend. He's like, don't worry, man. Like, you know, if you get clean, you're back in the band. Um, he's like, we'll just say that you were exhausted or whatever. He, and then Topper is like, so I'm kicked out of the band. I'm home eating like soup under a blanket, trying to fucking recuperate and kick heroin. And the fucking music video for Rock the Casbah comes on with it. There's a new drummer in the video playing his song. And to top it off, Joe Strummer, he goes, Joe Strummer got drunk in an interview. It was like, yeah, we kicked Topper out because he's a fucking heroin addict. He's a junkie. He's like, Damn. that's when I started shooting up, dude. I'm like, Fuck. Fuck, it almost makes me like Rock the Casbah. Damn. That's crazy, dude. Isn't that nuts? I got to rewatch that documentary. Uh, I remember seeing it with my dad and uh, shit, man. Yeah. I wonder if it, did it come out after he died? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all like talking about him, yeah. Yeah, I I think I remember seeing it like around, you know, around when he, when it came out. Yeah. but yeah, that's that's such a good documentary, man. 
And it, yeah, it, I think it's on Hulu that I watched it. Oh, perfect. I was like, where, yeah. where can we find it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's really good. Um, you know, it's, it's fucking great. It's fucking great. I didn't realize, like, he had such a hard time after the clash broke up. Um, and it, it really kind of gets into all that. And, uh, yeah, really good go. stuff. I'll dock for you. Shawnee, do you have anything you'd like to share with our dear, sweet, imaginary audience this week? Uh, nothing much really. Um, just kind of, uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> this shit's been so crazy the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. Oh, I guess, um, I'm, I'm booked to go to England in September. Uh-huh. Joy and I were actually talking off the air, uh, about possibly him going over there, but we'll see it's about possible. that. And <laughs> possible. Uh, but yeah, getting just excited to, to like, you know, hang out with family, see my grandparents and my cousins and my uncle, everyone, just, uh, everyone. And it's been quite some time since I last went and, um, yeah, man, just, just getting excited. So shout out to my family in England. I'll see you guys in September. And, uh, yeah, other than that, dude, just getting just excited for, for that and, yeah, man. Summer's just flying by, dude. So, Hell yeah. I mean, shit, we have Paul McCartney coming up. So, <laughs> Less than a month, man. Yeah, which... Uh, exciting shit. Maybe we might have to do some Paul McCartney-inspired lists during that time you're here. So It's possible. That could be a possibility. Possible. Right um, on. But yeah, dude, other than that, that's, that's all I got for this week. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Shawnee, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, my friend? Uh, you guys, my friends, can find me on Instagram uh, <laughs> at Sean Day Music, and also on my website, SeanDayMusic.net. Net. N-E-T. Uh, Joey, my friend, where can we find you on the internet? You can check me out at Joey Parati on uh, Twitter. You know, I'm not even going to say Instagram anymore because it's private. And I don't really want you fucking checking my shit out. So just, <laughs> just check me out on Twitter, all right? Check uh, out Twitter. I'm also publicly uh, <laughs> at uh, JoeyParatiScripts.com. You can check out the show at Top 5 Pod. That's T-O-P-F-I-V-E-5-P-O-D. On Instagram, on Twitter, um, at gmail.com, and on Facebook at Top 5 Podcast. We are on Apple Music, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So please, pretty fucking please, with the cherry on top, give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow, give us your love, and we will give you eternal life in return. Until next time, I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks for, for listening. listening. God, we sound like angels. <laughs> <laughs>